0: It's time for Locked On A's stepping to the mic. It's your host Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 349. If I'm doing my math correctly, I am your host uh, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, I am joined by the one, the only, Ryland Styles. Uh, that that only that my excitement really comes through if you're watching this on YouTube because uh, graphics changed, all the the things are there. It's great, Rylan, How are you doing, man? I'm doing
1: good. How are you doing? I've got to say, uh, by far, you have the best intro music of the entire network. So,
0: I—I I mean, I didn't use the the stuff that they gave us. I—I I paid for my own. <laughs> I think I have to re-up it every year, so I might actually have to go to what you know, the ones that are across the network. But uh, I like mine personally, and even on the podcast one, I even have the A's uh, PA announcer introducing me. They cut that out for the YouTube version, but. It's even better if you're listening to it on just audio. It's, it's a lot of fun. No. And you're yeah.
1: going to see my face. so It's even better for you listening experience-wise.
0: <laughs> I, I like seeing your face. I like the hair. It's a great... I, oh, I love that fan. That's a good fan. <laughs> got to have is.
1: one in Oklahoma. 100 degrees. You got to have a great fan.
0: I just turned off my AC to record this. So uh, we're going to make it quick. <laughs> All right, but before we get into anything, uh, you guys can follow this show at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at By Jason B on Twitter and the Spotify Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, Locked On A's on or Athletics at gmail.com. Rylan, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Also on Twitter for the Royal Show at Locked On Royals.
0: Sounds good. And also uh, for anybody that's looking for more baseball content in their life, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia. Paul Francis Sullivan, please. Call him Sully so like, every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB's network of uh you know local experts like Rylan, like myself. And you can subscribe to the Locked On MLB podcast today on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But let's get into this series, Rylan. I know that the Royals haven't been great. They, as we are recording this on Thursday after the A's win over the Chicago White Sox, um, the A's are either riding high, winners of five straight, or they struggled a little bit against Texas at home, and now they're going to try and right the ship against the Royals. The Royals, as we're recording this, are 62 and 77. What are some of the biggest storylines in watching Royals baseball right now? Is it how guys are progressing? What what are what are you looking for when you're watching Royals baseball right now?
1: Yeah, this answer is cut and dry because of the point in the season we're at. I mean, you're hoping Salvador Perez can you know, get that home run record for the franchise, kick out Jorge Soler, make it three straight years of a 162-game season where that record's kind of switched hands from Alboney to Mustakas, from Mustakas to Soler had the pandemic season last year. Nobody could have kind of hit that plateau, and hopefully now Salvador Perez, the second-best player in franchise history, depending on the demographic the first best player in franchise history. So it'd be awesome for him to hold that record that couldn't be broken for my entire lifetime until these last three years of full season (laughs) baseball. All of a sudden now just can't stay with anybody, Uh, but you're watching for that. That's the most important part. Uh, Also the young pitching because early on in the year, uh, Brady Singer did not play well. He had to send back down Daniel Lynch. Uh, Carlos Hernandez was kind of nothing early in the year. Uh, Jackson core got sent back down. All these guys struggled bad at the beginning of the year. And now they're all turning into kind of what we hoped they would be. Carlos Hernandez has not put his you know, hat in the ring of being a solidified starter for next year's team, a year in which Dayton Moore and this entire organization has said, we're going to be in the playoffs. And if we're not, it's an unmitigated failure. So when you put that expectation on yourself uh, to solidify yourself in that starting group, is a big deal for Carlos Hernandez. So you're watching for young pitching and you're watching for, of course, Salvador Perez, everything else doesn't really matter. Sure. Alberto Mondesi back, but uh, the problem is not if he can produce, he's shown that he can produce it's can he stay healthy? And he sadly cannot prove that this year, even if he plays the rest of this season without injury, it doesn't matter until we see him play over hundred games. And, and so there's really no other true storyline to follow along with. There's no other big decisions Believe it or not, for a team that's as bad as they are this year uh, to make the playoffs next year, this is the team. I mean, if they're going to be good next year, it's going to take what being good. It's going to take Nicky Lopez staying the way he has, Salvador Perez being red hot again. It's going to take this team just gelling a lot quicker and not having that two-month vote because they're really good to start the year, and they're really good right now beating some teams that they shouldn't beat uh, to where – It's just going to take them putting it all together for for a full season uh, to make this season worthwhile next year. So there's no real battles, no real storylines. Just can the young pitching do it? Can Salvador Perez
0: do it again? We've seen teams go and win. Like, I think the Astros from 14 to 15 won like an extra 20 games. You've seen teams make that jump. I'm not sure that the Royals have that much talent as, you know, those young Astros teams in that 2015 range. But, I mean, they're in the division to – make that jump if the twins don't take a step forward or don't do anything or sell off Byron Buxton or anything like that uh they've there's a door there's a pathway to them being at least 500 given that they are slightly more consistent and maybe some room to grow from there so that's got to be something what what do you think that they could be doing in the offseason to get them into that playoff picture maybe not quite 90 wins but like 83-85 83-85 projection and then hope for the best. Yeah, And
1: that's why this string of the season doesn't really matter for the Royals because you know the roster that it is right now in the offseason. Uh, there is no real position battles where you're looking for uh, who's going to edge out who. You know that you have Bobby Witt Jr. coming up next year. That's a guarantee. Nick Prado, who's turning himself into a great power hitter in the minor leagues, is going to come up next year. That's a guarantee. And then the rest of the question marks come in the offseason. Uh, number one. Do we get the expanded playoffs, which we think will happen with the CBA? That really helps your goal of making the playoffs. If you have now, uh, you know, another half of the league can make the team, can make the playoffs, that helps the Royals out a ton. And then also, will this Royals team go and spend money? They have new ownership but that's never been given the opportunity to go all in. Uh, they have Dayton Moore, who people think is a good GM. Uh, and they have, obviously, an organization-wide feeling that they can be a top-tier playoff team next year. That's been the goal since Hiram Matheny. That's been the goal since they, they broke up the original core of Mustakis and Hosmer and Kane and uh, everybody that won the World Series. It's always been 2022. So in the offseason, put your money where your mouth is. And let's go try to sign a center fielder to replace Michael A. Taylor. Uh, you know, and, and let's kind of rework the bullpen a little bit. That, that can get back to uh, that once kind of dominant stage. And so those are the question marks you have in the offseason that are way more important than whatever they do this week against the A's or the rest of this season.
0: But that being the case, I would really appreciate you guys just like laying down for three games. The A's could use them. (laughs) And you also said that the the Royals have new ownership. Um, My my main question with that is, are they going to be online, angry tweeting and just trashing their own team like Steve Cohen? Or are they, you know, nice?
1: You know, they're really nice. First of all, I don't think that Sherman knows what Twitter is. So that (laughs) helps a ton. Patrick Mahomes, though, is all over Twitter but in a good way, he's celebrating Salvador Perez and talking about how Salvador Perez is kind of underappreciated and disrespected uh, and should be talked about more. And that's the extent of the Royals public ownership group on Twitter, which is a good thing.
0: Uh, You just mentioned Patrick Mahomes. And as we're recording this, football season starts in like an hour. Um, What are the expectations for the Chiefs right now? I, I, I gotta know. I know that they're probably really, really high, but how was that week one victory for the Chiefs? It hasn't happened yet. We're still a few days away, but how was that win? How did that make you feel about the season moving forward?
1: Exhilarating. It was just awesome watching them beat the Browns. I, I, cannot, I cannot wait to recap it all again uh, when it actually does happen. <laughs> Whenever you have Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and, and the group that they have, it's Super Bowl or bust every year. And now eventually this is not going to work out, right? Like, I think that Chiefs fans have gotten to a point, surprisingly, uh, considering that our, our team's history. But I've gotten to a point where it's just an expectation that they're going to get there again uh, because Mahomes has been so great. He's never finished a season below the conference championship game as a starter. And in football, just it, there's too much parity. It doesn't really happen all that often. Uh, but maybe Mahomes is that special Tom Brady-like character that can just get there every single year. I'd expect him to be uh, in the championship game again this year. AFC Championship, at least. I would say Super Bowl. I just don't see who can really beat this team because I think that they're going to the bye week. And so they'll be the only team with a bye in the conference. They'll have to play two games to get the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure who can beat them at Arrowhead. So I would say the Chiefs have a good chance to go back to the Super Bowl. Can they win it? If they're healthy, I think that they can.
0: Who would be their biggest competition? I, I know that we should be talking about Royals baseball right now, but screw it. <laughs> this is what happens. And,
1: and this is was, this was my biggest NFC, pet peeve. Who is
0: the team that scares you, I guess, is my question.
1: Yeah, this is what happens. This is my biggest pet peeve of the entire preseason. I was saying uh, before baseball started, I said, hey, if you want to make the playoffs next year, you have to be able to make us care about you when the Chiefs start playing football. And what are we <laughs> doing right now on a baseball podcast? We're talking Chiefs, and that's nothing against... Uh, what we're doing is what the Royals are doing. They should not have put themselves in the spot where we care more about the other side of the parking lot in Arrowhead stadium than we do at coffin stadium. And, and so I just don't see how we got here considering the hot start and everything else, but we're here. I, I think the biggest competition for the chiefs in the AFC is the Browns and the bills and the NFC. I think it's the bucks. I, I'm not sure any team in the NFC besides the bucks can beat the chiefs. So if they get past the AFC, got to feel really good about that Super
0: Bowl. All right. I, I, I like it a lot, actually. Um, Outside of Salvador Perez, who is the one player that has impressed you this season?
1: Oh, Nicky Lopez. I, I mean, oh. here's a guy who literally was sent down after spring training. Now the Royals typically operate with emotion. They're the opposite of the race. And I do not like that. I think in a small market, you need to be the race and you just mm-hmm. got to be cold-blooded. Forget the fans in the sense of who they've grown attached to forget fan favorites, win baseball games. Cause you know what? Winning, will make more fan favorites. And if you trade them away and you win again, then those guys become your fan favorites. It doesn't matter who you put in the jersey if they're winning. And yeah. so I think that you should be callous in, in this league. But Dayton Moore, who bans pornography in the locker room and and, and does all these different things. Wait, is, really? Yes. like That
0: was a huge story a couple years ago. I didn't know that. The, uh, that's why. I didn't I know, mean, know that you that needed to ban. Not that he shouldn't or anything. Yeah, I just I, think that it's weird that that had to be a thing I that be a happened. rule. I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's <laughs>
1: very weird. Uh, but... You have Dayton Moore who, who embraces the family aspect and that plays in Midwest. Yeah. So, you know, Midwest yeah. USA, uh, but you know, br- you know, embraces the family aspects, but to win baseball games, you need to be cutthroat. You need to be raise. And so here's an organization that operates that way. And they went into spring training, just wanting to gift wrap Nicky Lopez, the job, please, Nicky Lopez, just don't do anything to screw this up. We're not ready to call up uh, Bobby Witt jr. As we've seen, they have not called him up all year. We're not ready yet. He's too young. Don't want to waste the arbitration, yada yada yada. Even there's a better player than Nikki Lopez at the time, and they tried their best to give it to him. And all he had to do was perform one iota, and he hits like a buck weight in spring training, and is a disaster. Gets sent down, which I thought was the biggest, you know, was the biggest hand down, you know, pounding the table move of the Royals are going to change their ways, and they're going to be like, you know what, we're serious now about winning, no matter the consequences of emotion and fan love, interest, and all these other things. And so I I applauded that move wholeheartedly. And then you have Modesty get hurt the day before the season starts. you got to call him right back up. So this guy literally should not have had a job this year. And then he's having the best year of his entire career. He's hitting in the two-hole. Which is the right call by Matheny? He's a Gold Glover. Like if he's won the Gold Glove, I don't know what's going to go on with the voting. Like it's just because you haven't watched Nicky Lopez play. If you don't give him the Gold Glove at shortstop, he's a Gold Glover. He's a respectable hitter. In fact, one of the best hitters on this team for most of this year. He's had a higher on base percentage than Carlos Santana, who all he does is get on base. So he's been phenomenal this year after being sent down and jobless for a day. So I think that that's been the biggest surprise of this entire season. And so if you found Nicky Lopez, and if he's and if this is him. And that was a wake-up call getting sent down, and that was going to turn his career around. If this is who he is, and Bobby Witt Jr. is that grade-A superstar, Tatis-level star that everyone thinks he can be, and Mondesi can stay healthy, which is a big if, and you shouldn't count on that anymore, and the organization is not counting on that anymore. And then we have what Merrifield, too, is an elite hitter. You've run out of outfield in- infield spots to play all these guys, and it's a good thing that you have so many good players. And that's yeah. where, even as this team is really bad this year record-wise, Next year, the goal, even while not making too many additions in the offseason, is still the playoffs because of all that talent you found, if you can get them healthy and clicking at, at the exact same time. That's the hard part, though.
0: Yeah, and you can move some of those guys for other pieces that you need. Um, anyways, coming up on the show, we are talking about the key matchups, but I got to tell you guys about... The time of year that it is, and it is the time of year when all eyes are tur- turning to football, as you've seen by our conversation here in the first segment. And uh, teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at bet online head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports. You got football, you got basketball, you got boxing, baseball. There's still a few weeks left. And then the playoffs is when it gets really interesting. You can also do your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And that is why everybody says that bet online are your online sports book experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're already watching us on the YouTube channel, thank you. Uh, this is what we all look like. And you can see why we had podcasts before. <laughs> and also, Ryland is my guest today. Ryland, where can people find you on social media and uh, if they want to you know, interact with you uh, via emails
1: uh, find me on twitter at rylan underscore styles at lockdown royals on the twitter machine and also if you have an email question lofunderpod.com can get you connected with me if you don't have social media that's for sure now i will say i do have a face for radio a face for podcasting it's why i've done this since high school i'm not trying to be on camera so if you have complaints about seeing this ugly mug here and this crazy hair from being at a cross-country meet all day you can send them to at Nick Van Exit on Twitter and at the Branson on Twitter. <laughs> tell them, hey, this guy should not be on YouTube, all right? You need a floating little CGI thing over his face to so make it so we can't see him. So go over there and do that as well.
0: Nick loves getting DMs from everybody. Uh, loves it. Um, all right, so let's talk about the key matchups for this series. I'm not sure that there's like a huge matchup that I'm looking forward to necessarily. Uh, as best as I can tell, the A's rotation is going to shake out Frankie Montas, who pitched on Wednesday, uh, yesterday as we're recording this, then Shamanaya, who pitched today, and then Paul Blackburn, who's pitching tomorrow. Uh, I assume that if the rotation holds, those are the, the three ace pitchers for this for this series. I guess what I'm looking for is that Frankie Montas keeps doing what he's been doing the, this entire second half, and that Shamanaya keeps pitching like he has in September. He's been amazing. He just held the Chicago White Sox to one run over seven innings. And uh, through 101 pitches, he has to keep pitching like that. The Royals are a decent team. They're a team that can sneak up on you. He has some history with the Royals. They, the A's got him from the Royals, as I'm sure that we mention every time that we do a crossover uh, in the Ben Zobris trade. So uh, that one's working out okay for us. You guys got a World Series, but we got Sean Mania. So who's laughing now? <laughs> um, is there a matchup that you're looking forward to? It? Last time we did this, we made a bet on who would get more hits. I think. Was it Elvis Andrews versus? No, Was it, it was Matt Olsen and Perez? Yeah. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I don't know that I want to do that again because Olson slowed <laughs> yeah. down a little bit and uh, Salvador Perez has been really, really good. Um, what matchups are you looking forward to here?
1: Just the young pitching, how, how they're going to perform against a playoff caliber team. And, and can this team keep up their kind of energy against a top tier team? They've played mm-hmm. Pretty well against top teams in the league. I mean, they've won the series, the season series with the White Sox. They've won it ten to nine. (laughs) Uh, They've beaten the the Astros for you. Uh, They've won that series four to three, albeit a very tightly contested one. They've swept the the Brewers, who are a first place caliber team, uh, four games to none. And so they've kind of gotten uh, the better of playoff caliber teams while getting blown out by Texas and going to cleveland and winning only one game out of 12 so far and so they can beat top tier teams can they continue that this week or will it eventually just catch up to them hey this is the end of september our season's done let's go home let's let's go plan a trip somewhere uh, to a log cabin out there in the winter
0: oh that sounds like fun um yeah no texas is a just a pain in the butt they are, they're not a good team. And they're actually actively trying to lose. If you talk to Bryce Patrick. and I'll be talking to Bryce Patrick uh, as I'm recording this in like an hour, but as you're hearing this three days ago, <laughs> and Texas is just a, a Dickens of a time. If I must say, um, I it's mostly Mike Fultenevich. He's the guy that gives me nightmares because he shuts down the ACE for some reason. And I don't know why. Um, Hopefully, as you're listening to this, they have just swept the Rangers and all is right in the world and not have been swept by the Rangers and been, you know, basically taken out of the playoff hunt. So, um, but yeah, I don't know how you guys beat all of these good teams. That's got to be something to look forward to for next year if you're already competing with these top tier teams. That's something that I've talked about with the, the Astros a whole bunch uh, of late, especially is they can be going 500 for a month, month and a half. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, we got to go beat up on Seattle. They're getting kind of close. And then they go out and, you know, absolutely, you know, clobber them and they have that extra gear. And it feels like the Royals may also have that extra gear. And that's something that you can't really teach or, you know, look forward to. It just kind of happens and, or are the Royals just being overlooked. And that's why teams are not ready for them and what they bring to the table and the Royals show up and the other teams take their foot off the gas is, is which one do you think it is for you?
1: I'd say a little column A, a little column B. I mean, in in the second half of the year, uh, they're two games above 500. Nothing to write home about, but uh, still, when you factor in the second half of the year, they're over 500. In April, they went 15 and nine. They had the best record in baseball. Mm -hmm. And so you really take away that 7 and 20 month in June, which I don't know about you, but I don't project many teams will duplicate a 7 and 20 month. In consecutive years. So if you just take that month away and give them an even somewhat respectable record in June next year, uh, right there, it flips your whole season around because that's the only month outside of six games in May where they went under 500 that they've been under 500 to a imp degree. Again, in May, their, their second worst rec- record is 11 and 17. So like it, it is to me a good sign. You're beating good teams. And then you just had that horrific month. And so in that, in April we were saying, hey, you just had a great month. If you have another great month in baseball, that's enough. Well, you can't you can't have two great months if if your middle month was disastrous, where you didn't even win double digit games when you're playing every single day. So again, you take that month out while playing good teams this way, and yeah, it is very encouraging for next year, and that's why it's kind of. Uh, going to be a, a slap in the face or kind of a a wake-up call to casual baseball fans of like why is everyone so high on the Royals in the offseason after they just went you know 20 games under 500 well it's because yeah. of all these different factors that kind of lead into the context of that record but you know I don't blame people for not watching this team I really don't so they wouldn't really know that until next spring training
0: I have a random question for you it that has nothing to do with this series but uh the Royals have been playing fairly well outside of that one month. The Tigers have also been a pretty decent team the second half of the season or outside of, I think, April. They've been above 500, at least a formidable team for a lot of clubs. Which team is prepared better for 2022, do you think? Is it the Royals who have had some of their guys a little bit longer or is it the Tigers who have arguably more upside in their prospects that should be reaching the majors by that point?
1: You know you can go read my podcast reviews and I'm consistently called negative by everybody. So I, I set this up with that story, but so that way, you know, I'm not a Homer and I just blindly follow the Royals. I'm like one of the only people in this Royal sphere that tells it like it is. And I was very high on this team and very low on Detroit in the, in the preseason, in the spring training period. I thought the Royals were miles ahead of Detroit. I thought they had bury Detroit. And now that's a legitimate debate that you can have. And, and I don't think that there's a right answer yet for me while I am a huge Royals fan. Hope that the Royals uh, can get to their playoffs way they hope to next year with the expanded playoffs, with all that goes into calling up Bobby Witt Jr. and Nick Prado. And I think that the Royals have the best individual prospect of these two organizations mm-hmm. in Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I will say for my money, and I, I think Matheny has been good with Kansas City, better than he was in St. Louis. I am higher Matheny today than I ever have been in my entire life. I I thought it was a disaster to hire Matheny. You should have hired Pedro Graffal. I was very upset about the hire Matheny. And he's proven me wrong that he can't adjust. He can't adapt. He's not one of these backup catcher dinosaurs. That being said, though, he's still very good. AJ Hinch is a lot better. And that's no knock on Matheny. I think AJ Hinch, Hinch saying the whole cheating scandal is one of the best managers that we have in this game. So whenever you have a better manager and you have comparable talent, For me, I lean manager in that sense and a better kind of collective analytical group in Detroit than Kansas City. But it is very close, and I could easily come on here and be a homer make an argument for the Royals with ease, and you'd believe me on either side I land on. So to me, it just comes down to what is going to be that kind of razor's edge separation. Manager seems like a good part of it, and I'll put A.J. Hinch in his bullpen management over Matheny.
0: I love it. Uh, It's going to be that's going to be what I'm going to be looking for this offseason is who's really making those moves. I think that the the Tigers may have more money to spend and more incentive. So on paper, they may be the better team, but the Royals, they might sneak up on some people. So I'm looking forward to 2022 already because I love new storylines. I like looking at stats, doing projections, and then seeing if I'm right. That is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and also you, train deadlines. That's my other favorite thing. Uh, but coming up on the show, we are talking about the keys to victory in this series, if we get to it. But uh, so stay locked in. We're blocked on A's and I will be right back. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models that's now impossible your local auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Wind are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. We're talking phones, people. Save time and money when using Rock Auto and why choose to spend 30 or 50 or 100% more on these same parts From a chain store or car dealership, rockauto.com is a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box and Let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am a by Jason B on Twitter and at the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to Locked On Athletics at gmail.com. Also, I'm joined by the great one, the man himself, Rylan Styles. Rylan, one more time, where can the people find you on the socials?
1: at Ryland underscore styles, R-Y-L-A-N underscore S T I L A S on Twitter at Lockdown Royals on Twitter as well. Uh, and it's going to be an exciting time this week as the A's and Royals get together. Jason, on air or off air, I'm going to need a tour of your background setup as I'm getting ready to launch on YouTube oh, myself. On, on air, on I, air. I need all that stuff shown <laughs> to me.
0: All right. So we got this book. It's a uh, dynastic, bombastic, fantastic. It's a book about the A's uh, in the seventies. It's been, it's Their rise from when they were leaving Kansas City and then, you know, when that how they were cobbling their uh, their team together and all that stuff leading to their three straight championships from 72 to 74. And then the demise of uh, that entire era, basically uh, how everybody left. And then I got uh, Coco Chris Bobble lean or uh, lean. Yeah, he goes from the hips. It's fun. Uh, then I got a, an Eric Sogard nerd power bobblehead. Uh, when I first started doing just online stuff, I was writing for a fan-sided site, the, the, the Ace site over there. And we did a lot of social media work for the face of MLB. And I thought that that was like the first thing that I did in like media. And so I bought it as a little memento and I thought that that was fun. And on top of that, it's obviously CM Punk, who is the best in the world. And then you got Joanna Cespedes, Dr. Schmertz. A baseball uh, with a little bat holder. It's, uh, it's for my upcoming son, um, but my wife was like, put it up there. And I was like, okay. Uh, and the ball is actually from the first game that we, or the only game that we went to this year. And it was the first game that uh, the baby has technically been to. So uh, that is why that is for him. And then we got uh, Perry the Platypus, Black Panther, but it has an A's logo on the, on the underneath. Uh, some news guy from the Muppets. I like him. Uh, and then you got Gonzo, Spider Man, and then another baseball. I don't know who actually signed that one, I believe that was a birthday present for my parents. So, thank you to mom and dad.
1: <laughs> I'm a and Ferb fan. I like it, I like it.
0: It's a good, good time. And this is what you get on YouTube. You know what else you get on YouTube? We might cut all this out on the audio version, but this shirt I wore it sort of for you because you also host the Locked on Thunders podcast. I'm moving this microphone real quick. It is. It is my uh, Breaking Tea Utah Jazz shirt that I'm sure that our overlord David Locke would like. Uh, It's I, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy this shirt because Shaq was asking uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, like, why can't you perform in the playoffs? It seems like you're bad at this. And he went on for like a minute and a half. And then Donovan Mitchell just goes, I... And then it walked away, and it was amazing. I loved that moment, and uh, I do kind of enjoy the Jazz. So, uh, that is mine. What which baseball were you showing me, Raylan? This is a
1: pristine signed Mike Moustakas baseball. I got it in the 2014 season when he got sent down to Omaha. Omaha came to play Oklahoma City, uh, and he was pissed that he was sent down. <laughs> Royals in the heat of a playoff chase first time in 30 years. they have a chance to make the playoffs and he was so bad. He got sent down. He was throwing his helmet after strikeouts. He was upset and he still signed autographs though, for some punk kid in Oklahoma city. Uh, thank you to Mike Moussakis for that. And then he goes into 2014 and he just lights up the angels. He lights up the playoffs and he helps the Royals win World Series. Pretty cool story there. I also have like Paul Orlando and Jason Maxwell autographs from uh, Omaha as well. So great Good. times.
0: Good name drops right there. Uh, speaking of, we're not even going to get to the keys to victory. The A's are going to win. It doesn't matter.
1: Rows uh, are bad. A's are good. That's keys to
0: <laughs> let's talk about Mike Moustakis for a second, because my wife has been coming to baseball games with me for seven, eight years now. And uh, every time she sees Mike Moustakis's face when you know he's up to bat, she's like, it looks like he smelled a fart. Do you, can you one, recall what his uh, picture looks like? And two, do you agree? I actually
1: agree. I really do. Uh, Mike Mustakas, former quarterback, linebacker, aficionado, uh, great baseball player, looks like a linebacker when he's playing. I agree. It's, it seems as though Billy Butler just ripped one every time he goes up there to the bench.
0: Yeah. I can't even make the face. I don't know how he does that, but it, it always looks like... He's always got that
1: huge wad of gum most of the time where it's just even worse. It's...
0: Uh, it's wonderful. All right. Well, let's talk about the keys to victory for this one. Uh, the A's got a play like a playoff team. That's, that's the key. Uh, Frankie Montas, Sean they got a pitch like they have been, and uh, hopefully keep the Royals bats at bay. I think that the A's need to sweep the series if they want to have a legitimate chance uh, two out of three sounds great, but they need to start, you know, winning series against teams. No offense, like the Royals, like the Rangers this past weekend, hopefully they did that. Uh, and then uh, like the, the angels coming up as you're listening to this, um next you know, over, over the weekend so that's that's kind of the key right now is they they got to win a bunch of games in a row hopefully go on a huge streak before they get just the mariners and the houston astros the last two weeks of the season um they they got to compile some wins to give them a little bit of leeway one way or the other uh rylan what needs to happen for the royals to take one or two or three games this series
1: Got to keep every game close in one-run games. The Royals are a game above 500 right now, 20 and 19. When the when the differential gets you know five plus runs, uh, they're 10 games under 500. So keep <laughs> the scoreboard, try to keep it close, and then somehow find a way to win the game. That's like your only hope <laughs> in this one.
0: I love that you're like, yeah, keep it close so that they don't lose by five or more runs. <laughs> Keys to victory. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Um, Also, the A's bullpen, as we're recording this, has been uh, atrocious. Basically, it's been uh, the last two games they've won them, and it has been the starter going seven innings, and then Andrew Chatham has pitched three of the four available innings in the last two games, so he's been good. Sergio Romo got through the heart of the uh, Chicago White Sox order, so maybe he's reliable too, but he's been a little bit shaky, getting in some sticky situations, but uh, they're going to need – more out of their bullpen as well. I'll, I'll throw that in there too. Um, but yeah, do, do you have any other questions for me, Rylan? Because I'm I'm taxed. Are, are the A's staying in Oakland? Um, I I think so. I I don't know, but and if you read the reports, you never know what to actually believe. But I think so. And I talked about this a couple of days ago in like the middle segment. Um, I think that the reasoning is that. Major League Baseball will not let them leave. And also the the owners will not let them leave and just give the entire Bay Area, basically from Los Angeles where the Dodgers are, all the way up to Seattle. They're not going to just hand that to the Giants. They're not going to give that much territory to one team. So there's incentive to keep them in Oakland. Whether or not John Fisher, the A's owner, is going to be getting the best deal, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter to the other 10 teams that are in these two market cities or, you know, that state, as I said, with Texas. Um, because even if, like, uh, the Astros or the, the Rangers left Texas, then Texas is a one-team state, and that seems ridiculous. So I include that in the same – I know that Texas is huge, but state pride. So that, that's my reasoning for including them. But you got New York, two teams. Chicago, two teams. L.A. has two teams, even if, you know, Anaheim is right there. It's 45 minutes away. Uh, the Bay Area is a two-team market. All of these – Florida, I I believe – i call that a two-team market. Um, Barely, but yeah. You, yeah, you, you can't just give all of that territory to the Giants. And I don't think that the owners would allow the A's to move. I don't think baseball would allow the A's to move. There's too much money to be had by including Vegas in as an expansion franchise. And if you're Vegas, do you want a team with over 100 years of baseball history? And then you're like, yeah, that's my new team. No, you, you've already been rooting for like the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever team that you were rooting for when you got to Vegas, it doesn't make sense to me to have a a franchise move to Vegas. An expansion of franchise could potentially work like we saw with the Las Vegas Golden Knights, because I mean, there's less of, you know, team affiliation with hockey teams and whatnot, but at the same time, you could go root for a, a brand new franchise. You can make new memories with that team, but The memories with the old Oakland A's and if they were the Las Vegas A's, those would be brand new memories, but they have all of this other history. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know why that would be a better plan. It might make more sense for the owners and, or for the A's owner, but it doesn't make sense for anybody else, but he is the one making the calls, I guess. So if he can get, you know, approved by MLB and the other owners somehow, then maybe, but I don't think that it makes sense. So, that's my reasoning. Also, I want to keep them here because I like going to A's games and I don't want to go to Giants games. I don't think that I would go to Giants games. So uh, that's, that's my reasoning. Does that make sense to you or am I just uh, shouting into clouds? No, that makes sense. And that's
1: actually why I ask. I don't ask to have the low-hanging fruit of making <laughs> A's fans cringe in their car right now, uh, but because I love chaos. And I think that uh, expansion in the NBA and in the MLB is just around the corner. And for the MLB, It can't happen, though, until you have the A situation figured out, the Tampa Bay situation figured out, because you also, while I don't think that they should move those those teams at all, I think that they should both stay, but you also cannot take away their leverage in these negotiations of saying, okay, well, now you no longer even have the option to go to Las Vegas. We've already put them at a team there. You know they no longer have the option of going to Montreal. We've already given them a team. So now, whenever you go to the table these negotiations to get your new ballpark, you cannot use that anymore. They're not going to do that to one of their fellow owners. They're, not, they're just not going to. So in baseball, that has to get figured out first before we can have the chaos on the fun of an expansion draft. And we have podcasts of like, who are we going to protect in the expansion draft? Like, the, that is what I'm into. And I want to get to there as soon as possible. To do that, the A's have to have their stuff figured out. And so do the Rays. It's not all on the A's either. And in the NBA, you're looking at, you know, New Orleans and Minnesota. They have to get figured out and kind of not need the leverage, the crux of, uh, you know, having the the leverage of going to Las Vegas or wherever else. It's a good point, though, about moving a team. And it's different than relocating a team. The Thunder have done a great job of disassociating themselves with the Sonics. They were (laughs) made it known from day one that they're not the Sonics, that when the NBA gives them a team back in Seattle, all of the history goes to that team. That's why the Thunder don't retire uh, the Sonic numbers and their rafters, because once the NBA awards them a team again, it all goes back to them. So they've done a good job of making it feel like a brand new team. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, the difference here is in Oklahoma, nobody cared about basketball until the Thunder came. And it's still in Oklahoma trying to trend from a football state basketball state and in Oklahoma there's also no other sports team professionally there's only two major colleges so it's a lot different than moving to Vegas where we have the NHL
0: we have you know NFL now like we have it we have our guys new team there by the time it got built and that doesn't they're not like the new shiny thing like the Vegas Golden Knights were you're you're a team coming in with history and it wouldn't make I, it doesn't make sense to me. And it wouldn't be on the waterfront like the A's for Post Stadium in Oakland. It'd be in the middle of Henderson. You're like, oh, sure, whatever. It's not even like on the strip. <laughs> it would have to probably it,
1: be enclosed because it's so hot in Las Vegas to where yes. like, you need air conditioning. So like you're even losing any downtown sight lines you get for being on the strip. Like, it just, I, I don't think that, you know, Vegas is that appealing personally. There's a lot of other like Portland to me would be an awesome place to have a baseball club. I think it'd be awesome with the history of baseball there in that city where I'd care more about it there than Vegas. But of course we all know Vegas is where it's bound to happen and Mm -hmm. sneaky good team because the players in Vegas are not going to care about the Vegas lifestyle after like a week or two. They'll have experience (laughs) at all. And then every team going to Vegas will just get (laughs) loaded and they'll suck for a week and you'll beat them up. Uh, while they're hung over. So I think that the Vegas team would have a golden knights like rise, even though they might not have the best players because it's going to be expansion draft. So I like it. I like the expansion draft I like the chaos. That's why I ask, not because I want the A's to move. The A's have done enough moving. They need to stay put with Oakland.
0: I love it. I do have one question for you uh, since you brought up the NBA expansion. Uh obviously Seattle would be one of the teams or one of the uh cities that would get a team. What other cities are in the mix? Cause I I you are much more up-to-date because you host Locked on Thunder. Um, what other cities are in the mix right here?
1: Yeah, Seattle's a shoe like All yeah. we're waiting on is whenever the league says, okay, we'll expand. And and they've made it known without making it known, so to say, like it's out there that they're going to expand. It's just a matter of when's the best time to expand because that recuperates a ton of money because you have to pay the fees that you're going to buy a team. You have to buy the team, then pay the entry fee to the NBA. They're going to be loaded with money, And that's a good way to recuperate some of that money from the pandemic loss. So it's going to happen. And there is just a 0% chance that it's not going to go to Seattle, number one. You got to make the team even, though. So who are you going to add to Seattle? And that becomes Kansas City's in the mix. And Kansas City desperately wants the team. They tried their hardest to get Toronto to host the Raptors last year, uh, whenever they couldn't play in Toronto, to show the NBA, hey, look, we can do this a la the Thunder, who tried their hardest to get the Hornets and then did get the Hornets because of Hurricane Katrina for that year. And that's what put the thunder on the map of like, hey, we could just move this team to Seattle. You want to build us a stadium? We've got a brand new stadium in Oklahoma City that they just built. We're gonna go there. I'm from Oklahoma. I want to go home. Uh, we're just gonna take our team over there, take our ball, go home, even though you're a bigger market in Seattle. Forget y'all. We're gonna we're gonna go over here where we are not gotta pay any money to build a stadium. So, like the Kansas City wanted to do that with their T-Mobile Center in downtown Kansas City: of like, hey, let's host the Raptors, we're in the Midwest, we can have fans. Let's just show the NBA we need a team. They didn't do it. And Toronto goes to Tampa Bay, which was not the fault of Kansas City, but Kansas City is in that mix. So you got Seattle, you got Kansas City. Louisville is a huge kind of basketball centric place with their two powerhouse basketball programs in college, to where it makes a ton of sense with the ABA history that they have there as well, Mm -hmm. to where they could be in the mix maybe Tampa Bay because of the Raptors connection, but they didn't really do that great of a job of like filling out that arena uh, in a state in Florida that just did not care at all about code of protocols. I don't think that they were really in it. And then maybe you want to go another team over the border where you go back to say, you know, Montreal or, or go back to Vancouver, I should say, the Grizzlies to be at, but that's yeah. kind of the, the run in, and of course, Vegas. But if you do Vegas and you do Seattle and Vegas, now you're shifting the entire league because you mm-hmm. have way too many West teams yeah. to move some teams over to the East And that just changes your entire league's history of what it's all been about, which when you expand, that's kind of what you do anyway. So it doesn't really matter, but yeah, that's kind of going to be the landscape of the NBA expansion. And it's kind of similar to baseball. I mean, baseball probably has Portland, Montreal, Vegas. I don't know what else they'd have, but like, that's kind of like their, their area that they're working towards.
0: That's intriguing. I I had not actually thought about Kansas city or Louisville, and maybe that's my West coast bias. So I apologize, but uh, they both make a lot of sense. And, I would kind of like to see that, honestly, especially Louisville, because uh, I'll, I, I hear that and I'm like, OK, sluggers and also basketball. Those are the two things that I think of uh, from Louisville. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see that. But that is all that uh, we got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow.